talking with somebody today. Uh, we're actually the, the church, we're the representatives of God in this time. And um, we're the ones that the world sees, and either they see Jesus or they see something else. And um, how important it is that what they're seeing is him, what they're hearing is him. And uh, I just want to touch on this. I was reading actually out of, I've got this Bible reading program where, man, it's got like eight different locations. And you, <laughs> so you get the Old Testament, you get Proverbs, and you get Psalms and the, and the New Testament and everything. Um, so I was, I was getting my fill of, of uh, uh, Ezekiel, I think is where it was. Um, and... And he's talking about people that say they're representing God and really aren't. And, I, you know, sometimes we can look at that and we can become critical of somebody. We can say, well, they're doing that, you know. But, but I want to take it to heart and get God's opinion of that because he really, he, he, he doesn't like it when we're saying something in his name and it's really not him talking. And uh, how critical that is. Uh, and it's not something we have to um, necessarily be paranoid about, but we need to take it very seriously. We can't just say whatever comes into our head. I actually went to a, a, a ministry thing one time, and they had a whole group of people from all over the place, and they said, uh, all right, God's talking to us all the time. Just uh, close your eyes and uh, tell your neighbor what God just told you. And it's like, well, I don't know. Because <laughs> sometimes we have a lot of ideas coming into our head. And how critical it is, what's coming out of our mouth when we're saying that this is what God says, it's actually him. And so, um, well, let me pray before we get started. Father, we thank you so much for, for this day that you've made that we can rejoice today. <laughs> we might have some other things going on in, in the world around us. We might be experiencing something in our bodies. But Father, I thank you that we have promises in you. And this is a day of grace that you've given us, that we can be glad and we can, we can rejoice. And uh, we can have a testimony like the song we sang. It's my testimony. I'm alive in Christ today. And I have a reason to rejoice. I have a reason to be glad. And Lord, we thank you for your word right now. God, I just pray, you know, that as you've given me something to share tonight, God, it, it, would, uh, it would bring grace to our hearts. And it would uh, give life to us, give us hope. Father, uh, some correction where we need some correction, and, and for there to be, uh, for for there to be a, a a word that you speak to our hearts that will make bring life to us. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So uh, I'm I'm just calling this representing God, uh, because <laughs> we actually do. Um, you know, Second Corinthians in five five twenty, we were actually talking about this in in the men's that we are Christ's ambassadors. What what's an ambassador? That's somebody that's. <laughs> <laughs> we get these, uh, what, what are they, these uh, press people on the news or whatever, you know, they're supposed to be representing the president, you know, and it can kind of get interesting sometimes. But whatever they say is actually supposed to be what the president says. Or, you know, like if you send somebody to another country, it's as if we're there. And um, it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. God actually wants to use people to, uh, to speak to people. 
So it's like, it wouldn't it be nice if God would just show up uh, and start writing on the wall or something, you know, and we could just uh, have it that way. But he's actually designed it that we uh, hear him through somebody, through, a, through another voice, through another person. And, um, uh, but it, it becomes very critical <laughs> because we do have a lot of things that just come into our mind. We have, a, and we have natural wisdom. We have a, nat, a lot of natural things that we can just start talking and it can sound pretty good. We can, and I was talking with my wife about this. I mean, we like to, we like to repost things. We like to like things. We like, to, so, wow, that sounds really good. And, and you know, it might sound good, but is it really God? And, that, and that's, that's it's really important that we don't lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, we're acknowledging what he has to say about it. And you know, this, this kind of happened. I did a whole series on, on acknowledging God back when, when COVID hit. Remember in, in 2020, it just, and our country's going through this big time right now, but um, where, uh, you know, we, we got to believe in science. We got to believe in, in, in what somebody says about this and what somebody says. And nobody was acknowledging God at all. There's, there's just no consideration of what God has to say about anything. And, and a lot of times then in the churches, we're, we're even shut down in the churches. We can't even talk to each other, you know. <laughs> we're shut down. And, uh, and, and what God has to say is the most important thing. And what, uh, you know, it, it's happened in churches across the country that, um, uh, you know, we don't want to offend somebody. So we don't want to really say what God says because it might offend somebody. It might co- confront somebody. And, and God, in his love, he, he, he corrects us. And, he, and, and there has to be a, a boldness and a confidence to be able to do that. Um, so er, er, through us, Christ himself were here pleading with you. Receive the love he offers you. Be reconciled to God. And so, man, this is a powerful thing that we've been given. It's a legitimate thing. We're supposed to be the voice of God. But man, if that's going to be true, it's a serious thing to be able to be speaking on behalf of God. And God actually wants to speak a word to somebody sometimes, something that's going to bring life to them. But it better be him. We can't be leaning on what, what's coming into our mind and, and just thinking that that's, that's God. Say, thus saith the Lord, when it's not thus saith the Lord, you know. So let's go back in the Old Testament. This is where I kind of was seeing some of this stuff in Ezekiel. Man, he's, he's talking about this. He hits it pretty hard. He says, then this message came to me from, from the Lord. Now, he, he is from the Lord. And, and so there's, there's a, a legitimate voice of God that we can lean upon, that we can say, okay, this is God speaking through me here. But um, he says, son of man, prophesy against the false prophets. Isn't that interesting? So here he's prophesying against false prophets. And, and, and let's, you know, uh, there's, there's different interpretations of what uh, prophecy is or what being prophetic might be. I, w- I just want to call it speaking on behalf of God. So, you know, it, it can be it can be saying something that's going to happen. It can actually can be saying something that's going on in somebody's life. It can be, but, but really what it's doing is it's speaking on behalf of God. 
And, and this is what these people were doing. They're, they're saying, this is what God's saying. <laughs> so he's like, okay, so speak against those who are saying this is God. Uh, false prophets of Israel who are inventing their own prophecies. Say to them, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits the false prophets who are following their own imaginations and have seen nothing at all. So there's a pressure on them to come up with something to share. And, um, and so they're compelled to say something positive because there's a lot of pressure. We want to hear something positive. We want to be encouraged about the condition of our country. We want to, you know, and so the, there, there's, a, there's a pressure to do something and it's dangerous. And he says, woe to those who do this kind of a thing. So it's not that we're not supposed to be speaking. We're, that's, this is who we are. But God takes it very seriously. It's very important what's, what's coming out of our mouth. And to the point, and I just, you know, I started to refer to this, but kind of what happens in, 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 in the church as a whole in this, in this effort to not want to offend somebody, we can start dumbing down the gospel and acting like it's God doing this, doing it in the name of God, and it's not. It's not representing him. Let's go to another one here, and, and this is in Jeremiah. This is very similar, but it says, let these false prophets tell their dreams. So they, they're acting very spiritual, acting very, you know, uh, elevated. But let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. So I, I really believe God's calling us to be faithful messengers of, of his word. But to understand that it, it's not gonna just be anything that's coming out of us, just something that sounds like a good idea. And I, so I, I think, well, we'll get to this a little bit more, but I think it becomes very critical that when we start representing God, that we're not, we become very careful about it, not just being something that's our ideas about things. Okay. Um, let my true messengers do. There is a difference between straw and grain. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a, a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? He said, when I say something, it's the real thing. It's not just gonna be, uh, what, what did he say there? Straw and grain. What, what's straw? That's the stuff that isn't, it's, it's, it has no substance to it. And the grain is the stuff that's the real thing. It's going to really bring you life. So there's a difference between these two things. When my word comes, it's like fire. It's going to burn. It's like, it's like a, what does it call it? A hammer. It's going gonna, it's gonna to crush things. It's the real thing, okay? Uh, Therefore, says the Lord, I am against these prophets who steal messages from each other and claim they are from me. <laughs> I am against these smooth-tongued prophets who say, this prophecy is from the Lord. So it's, it, 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 it's not beneficial just to 
to say, God said this. It doesn't really mean that's what's happening. And I've had this happen so much as, as a pastor. If somebody's gonna, telling you that they're going to do something and they said, God told me to do this, I can't really say anything because they've already said God said that. But based upon my experience, maybe not. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to judge altogether. But just because you say God said something. And, and so I want to look at this because, I, I mean, it, it's a very, okay, I have another verse to read here. I am against these false prophets. God's actually against prophetic things if they're just facades. So, so we're not just looking for prophetic things. We're looking for the heart of God. We're, we're looking for something that's going to actually be his voice speaking, right? Um, their imaginary dreams are flagrant lies that lead my people into sin. I did not send or appoint them, and they have no message at all for my people. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, that, that last phrase is something that is, is very critical in this, and, and we'll get to somewhat, but it's the whole purpose of speaking on behalf of God is not to elevate the person that's speaking. The purpose of hearing the voice of God is to help the people that are hearing. And this really, it, 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 that last phrase kind of gives that clue. It says, and all, the, all, this, all this pontification is going to do no good for the people. And that's the whole purpose of it. That should be the purpose of it. Okay. Are you good? All right. So let's look at <laughs> Numbers 22. How, how many remember the, the story of, of Balaam and, and Balak? And uh, I'm just going to go through it real quick. Because it's such a great example of this. Balaam, uh, and, and I, so this was another portion of my reading, was, was it in, uh, in Numbers. And, and that's where, uh, it's this wilderness experience that Israel's having, but they're getting close. They're getting close to, uh, to Jericho. You know, they're getting close to going across the river. And, and actually, I, I think this might have been, I think this was uh, actually after Aaron Remember uh, Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it? And, uh, and Aaron, I saw this as such a precious thing. He was joined in ministry to Moses. And Aaron had to die too. Wasn't that interesting? Uh, because we are, we are bonded together when we get into ministry. It's like we're in this together kind of a thing. Anyway, that's kind of what I saw about that. But they were defeating, they were totally crushing nations before they went across the river they were already being amazingly and so this is what actually prompted Balak is the king of of, of Midian and um and he's he says man they just crushed what was it, Amalek I think they just they just crushed this other nation I'm afraid of them I need some help and so he and he goes and he calls for this prophet Balaam he said if I can get Balaam to curse them, I need, because he thinks that all it takes is somebody saying, thus saith the Lord, to put a curse, right? But he talks to the, he, he hires the wrong guy, because this guy knows the Lord. 
He spends time with the Lord. And he says, I am not going to do anything unless God says it. They come at him the first time, and he says, I cannot do this. He actually goes and talks to God. But God says, no, they're, they're not up to any good. I, I can't curse these people that they're wanting me. You're not. He's, God says, I can't do it, so Balaam can't do it. Balaam says, I can't say anything unless God says it, right? So they come back to him again, and, and they try to offer him a bunch of money, and he says, no, I, I can't do that. He said, you can offer me as much as you want. And, and here is, is a great revelation of what needs to be happening. When God's going to say something, there's, there's no compromise. It's not for money. It's not for, it's not for anything but what God says. Right? So they finally come back to him again, and, and he talks to God, and God says to go. This is interesting to me. I don't know about you, but this is interesting. God says to go, and so the next day he gets up with his donkey and, and goes because God told him to go. But on the way, for some reason, God doesn't want him to keep going. So he sends this angel, and he's trying to go through this passageway, right? And the angel um, is, is in front, and he scares the donkey. And this is, this is Balaam's longtime donkey. I mean, he takes him everywhere. You know, it's like he's a, he's a wonderful donkey. But, but this donkey sees the angel. He's, a, he's an angel-seeing donkey. And, a, and it turns him into a talking one, too, right? <laughs> so... But it's not like Balaam's doing something he wasn't told to do. He was told to go. But he still didn't have the vision of the angel that, that he needed. There was still something else. And it wasn't until he fell underneath the donkey, right? And, the, and, the, and he starts talking to the donkey. And the donkey's talking back to him. And he starts getting into a conversation. I mean, you would think that that would be enough that, you know, as, how do you, how do you don't, don't realize something's wrong? And finally, he sees the angel and, and, uh, and, and, and it's interesting that God says, go ahead and go, but only say what I'm going to say. And, and, and when he gets there, three different times, Balak says, I need you to curse him. And, and Balaam says, all I can do is say what God says. All I can do is say what God says. Three different times. But it's interesting, the process, and this is kind of what I want to look at. Because what he did is he said, give me seven, uh, what is it, seven oxen or seven... He, he, he has a sac seven sacrifices, and he did it together with Balak. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, so he didn't just say, okay, I'll give it a shot. He didn't just say, so what do you want me to say? That's what I'll say. No, he said, first of all, what we're going to do is we're going to call on God. We're going to off offer a sacrifice unto God. We're going to set aside a time to actually acknowledge God. And then he did it together with Balak, but then he, he said, okay, Balak, I'm gonna leave you here with the sacrifice, and now I'm gonna actually go talk to God. He separated himself from the situation to where he's not being influenced by that at all. He's only gonna hear the voice of God. Three different times that happened, and all he could do was bless Israel. Just made Balak mad. All he could do was bless, because that's all God was saying. All he was saying was what God said. And, uh, and then after those three off, uh, sacrifice times, one more time, and he was so 
filled with the Spirit, at that point, he didn't even offer any sacrifices anymore. He just went and he just started blessing and blessing and, it, and, and bless some other people. I mean, because it was only what God said that was going to come out of his mouth. And I'll, what's that? Just like Jesus. And we'll get to that. <laughs> but where did that come from? That, that wasn't his position? I, I mean, he was a prophet, but, you know, there were all these other prophets too. What set him apart as somebody that actually was speaking on the, on the part of God? Well, one thing, he had this amazing fear of God that we'll get to. But, but then he set himself apart from, from any, any fear of anything else. There wasn't anything else that was going to move him. It was only going to be God, right? All right, let's look at this next one. Um, so, what we have in him right now, and, and, and there's such a necessity, man, we've been reading through, we read every day from the New Testament, we um, going through the year, um, and just commenting on it and stuff, and there's such a, there's such a contrast between uh, this draw on our flesh to speak, to get its way, and what the Spirit is actually wanting to impart. Some of that has to do with, with things, influences from the outside, you know, the, the law. But it's actually, there's a law in our flesh. There's, there's a lot of things that are drawing on us, trying to compel us to do something. But then there's a spirit that's on the inside. And we need to have confidence in that. We have, need to believe in that. But it actually has to be nurtured. It actually has to be given way to. It has to be submitted to. And it, and it has to be, it, it's going to be a developed process for that to be real and for it to be something. You can't just, okay, let's look at this verse. <laughs> um, what we have in him is John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own. What does that sound like? That sounds like Balaam, doesn't it? And this is actually the Holy Spirit. But will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He'll tell you these things. And these things are already inside of us. Man, this is such a wonderful thing to confirm to when we're feeling like we don't know what to do and we're, when, we're, when we're overwhelmed by life, to take this promise that Jesus gave us and say, the spirit of truth, he's in me. He's in me. Now, here's the conflict is there's a whole bunch of other voices. There's a whole bunch of other voices coming at us. And... and <laughs> How are we going to respond or hear that voice of truth? It's going to be very similar to how Balaam did. We're going to have to give place to the presence of God. The, the translation I call it, it, it called it divination, where he's actually given way to the divine. He's actually sacrificing and saying, God, other things in, in my life are not important now. Because... Even though that spirit of truth is on the inside, even though he's speaking, he can only speak the truth 
from what we're giving, yielding to, yielding our members to. Does this make sense? <laughs> okay. All right. So I just want to go through quickly uh, keys to representing God. So if we're going to represent God, I like this. You got to fear God above the ears. Now that sounds like we're talking about our brain. I'm talking about the audience. We got to fear God more than, than the audience. And I think the, the problem with, with calling yourself somebody that's a, a and I think we, we can humbly do this by faith because God says we are. We are his representatives. But as soon as we, we make that, that our God itself, now we're under pressure. Now we're under Balak pressure. We got to curse something now. Now we're under political pressure. We got, we got to speak something that's going to make people happy. And what are we actually fearing? We're not fearing God at that moment. We're fearing how somebody's going to react to us. We're fearing people. That makes sense? And Balaam said, I don't really care what anybody thinks. I care what God thinks. That takes some healthy fear of God. Man, if, if I'm going to say God said this, it better be God that said this. And how am I going to be able to know that? I better be spending some time with him in a way that, that cuts off the world and its influences. The world is not my God. I'm not afraid of things in this world. I'm not afraid if somebody likes me or not. I'm not afraid if they're going to put me in jail because I say this. Because if God said it, I'm saying it. Amen? So how do you get to that, though? And this is the A's and the B's here. There's a necessity of drawing near to him in awe and reverence. And this is going to have to be something, man, I just, man, I, I encourage us in this. Our world is just such a, such a whirlwind. We got so, so many things going on, and, and even... I referred to this somewhat. There's this, there's this dumbing down of church to where we, you know, we got to be out of here in an, at least an hour and a half, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, because we got to get back to the rest of our week that's so much more important than that hour and a half, you know. Uh, <laughs> And if we're going to fear him more than the world, we're going to have to spend some time with him. <laughs> Jesus came to make a way for us to go into the holy of holies where if you didn't go, if you, didn't, if you weren't completely righteous and pure before Jesus and you went into the holy of holies to represent man in front of God, you were good. They put bells on your robe so they could pull you out of there because you were you were done. You, you just weren't going to make it, right? <laughs> your job didn't last very long <laughs> if you misrepresented. And Jesus came to make it possible for us to go there right now, in spite of how unrighteous we might be in the natural, the, how, how, what we're experiencing in life or whatever else, he made it possible for us to go with confidence right into his presence. Now, I, you know, just, just saying, now let's see, who, who is God going to talk to or through? Who's going to be able to legitimately say, God said this? 
Somebody who never goes into the Holy of Holies, never hangs out there, just says, hey, I think this is what God would say if he were here in this moment. I don't think so. I think it's going to be somebody who actually fears God because they've been in his presence. I think it's a healthy fear. I think it's something where I, I am not going to get outside of what his will is. And I'm not going to misrepresent that in the least. Right? Okay. So then, like Balaam also, there needs to be a separation from pressuring influences. And what I, I see in that is, is the world. I think we've got to get away from our family sometimes. <laughs> Didn't mean for that to be too funny, but... <laughs> but but sometimes we got to get away from our family. Because, I mean, that, that can be one of the strongest pressures we have coming against us. Right? And we got to separate ourselves from something. You know, the, the way our, our, our minds are made and our ability to perceive things is so influenced by these other voices that are coming in around us all the time. And, and it's such a deception. I think entertainment is one of the biggest things that uh, the enemy uses to influence our perception of truth and, and influence our perception of, of a voice. Real quick, just my, my dad's got these really cool uh, hearing aids that he can actually hear now. I mean, it's just amazing. But he's 90, and he, he's, he's lost 80% of his hearing, I think, or something, and just got him some new ones that, that work. But he, I called him the other day, and he could hear me, but he set his microphone down over, like, on the table or something. And I had my, my phone on speakerphone, and I still had to put it, like, right up to my ear just to barely hear him. Why? Because the proximity wasn't close enough, you know? It's like, and especially if there's other things going on, how are you going to be able to represent what he's saying? There's going to have to take some isolation. There's going to have to, and then there's there's like this desperation. I was I was reading another one of my readings, how Jesus he said, and he and he was, you know, in the streets and everything, but it, oh. What was it? He, he had just healed somebody, I think, that was lame, and he said, don't tell anybody. And they went and told everybody, and he became really popular, and, and, and all the crowds came to come and see him, and it said, but he withdrew himself. Jesus withdrew himself all the time because what he said is, I only say what my father says. How can he do that? Because he withdraws himself. He gets away. He says, I'm, I'm going to get to where I can only hear my father's voice. And that way, when I do speak, it's going to be his voice that comes out of me. Right? Okay. Hebrews 10, 20. This is scripture for what I just said. But by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain, through the veil, into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. 
I'm so grateful that, that, that we can do this as a body. Um, you know, we actually sang about this on Sunday at the end on Sunday. Uh, only by grace can we enter. Only by grace um, can we stand. Not by our human endeavor. But we come. We come into that place, into that holy place where our hearts can, can fully trust him. You know, it's, 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 it's nice to come and sing Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus in a, in a congregation, but there has to be, if we're actually gonna be his representative out in the world where they actually need to hear him, they need to, they need to see him. They don't need to see some judgmental, <laughs> you know, misrepresentation of, of the passion in the heart of God. They need to see somebody that's actually been with him. <laughs> uh, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water isn't that wonderful alright so number two here is what I have spend more time hearing his voice than that of the world I've already said these things but entertainment and the motivation and the passions of the soul You know, the things that drive us are going to have to be things that we spend some time looking at, that we get, that we, we're drawing from, we're being moved by. You know, here, here's something, actually, something I, I want to talk about a little bit tomorrow in our men's thing, but, um, um, well, you're not going to be here anyway, so I can go ahead and talk about it. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's Levi. Oh, well, I'll just have him share this part of it tomorrow. Um, but uh, to really represent somebody, you, you actually, you don't just know what they said. You, you take on their passion for what they said. Does that make sense? You actually are motivated by what they're motivated by. And this is something that I, I'm, I'm still asking God for this. God, God, help me to love People the way you love people. Help me, you know, help me to have the same drive that you have because it's really hard to speak on behalf of you if I don't have your passion, you know? It, you know, there, a whole movie was made on the passion of the Christ and it's wonderful, but he wants to ha us to have that same passion. It's, it's gonna really be hard to speak with the same voice inflection that he needs, with the, with the same, you know, the same conviction if we, if we don't have the same passion. And we get that by being in his presence. That's gonna be something that we get there beyond the veil. By being full of the Holy Spirit, what happens? We take on the fruit of the Spirit, which is all that mushy stuff that we only get from him but causes us to actually represent him that we can't represent him without being full of that spirit, amen? Number three, here's what I have. Have one purpose in the sharing. So the only motivation for me wanting to speak on behalf of God, I'm out of the picture. <laughs> In fact, if I could do this anonymously, I would, right? <laughs> Despise personal recognition or reward. I think you almost, 
it, I think that's, because sometimes I wonder about Jesus healing somebody and then saying, don't tell anybody. It was this thing coming out of him. It's, it's like, uh, I, I just want God to, I just want my father to be seen. I, I'm, I have one purpose is for people to be changed, not for them to get distracted by something else. I, I think he, even with Jesus, uh, you know, he was, he was being lauded. But what, he, he had a whole celebration for him on one day, and, and the next week they're crucifying him, right? Because he understands that it's not just this image of a, of a Messiah that you need. You need transformation in your heart. He came to change people. Same thing happened. He, he, he fed 5,000, and boy, was he a buddy. Everybody loved to, but they, they, didn't, they weren't being transformed by him. They were being transformed, or they were being drawn to an image. A facade is what they were seeing. And what did he say? You got to drink my blood, eat my, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And boy, because that's what he was really after. What he was really speaking on behalf of the Father was to bring transformation into people's lives. That was his purpose. Not fame. Not not accolades. He said, I don't need the accolades. I need you to be changed. There should be one purpose when we're speaking on behalf of God. It should be to bring transformation to somebody's life. Amen? So, so it'll change our, our motivation for this. I don't, I don't need you to say that was good. I don't need you to say, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I, I, I don't need, I don't, I don't want that. I want change. I mean, it might be good, you know, and, and it should be, but you know what I'm saying, Okay. All right, number four, disregard personal risk. What's this going to do to me? I can't even think about that. Um, and then it needs to agree with the written word of God. It's going uh, to, God doesn't say something and then say, uh, I made a mistake. I'd like to correct that. I'd like to pen that. No. If I'm saying something and I'm saying it was God, and this is kind of what, what happens sometimes with people saying that God told me to do this. I'm saying, well, what I see is he already told you to do something in his word that I don't see you doing. So it doesn't give you much credibility now <laughs> to be saying God told you to go do this. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. All right. Second Timothy. So work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his, his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly explains the word of truth. So what I'm seeing in this is somebody that's actually going to speak on behalf of God. That's not a separate gift that you get apart from being schooled in the word of God. Because sometimes they can say, ah, I don't need to be doing all that studying stuff. That's for somebody else. That's somebody else's gift of scripture perception or something like that. <laughs> I have an elevated gift. It's where I hear right from God. No. No. Where there's a true representation of God's heart, of his, of his will. It will include everything he's already said. <laughs> Amen? Okay. Avoid worthless, <laughs> foolish talk 
that only leads to more godless behavior. So what's he say? Don't let, don't just, don't be just talking out of your head. Let it be the word that's coming out of you. When you go to, especially when you're, you're going to influence somebody with something that should be coming from the heart of God, let there be a reference of what God has already said in there somewhere. Right? Yeah. And then he says, anything else is going to be foolish and unproductive and it's not going to change anybody's behavior, which should be the motive. Right? Okay. And I just want to end with this. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. <laughs> so speaking on behalf of God isn't your, chan <laughs> your chance to do a rant, <laughs> a personal rant. That's what Jesus is saying. You're, 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 it's like, I got a problem here with something I need to talk to you about. No, if God's not saying it, Jesus said this. I have much to say about you and much to condemn. He says, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me. And he is completely truthful. Isn't that interesting? You, can you imagine what Jesus had going through his mind with his disciples half the time? You know, it's like, man, he had a major zipper, didn't he? <laughs> he could keep that shut. Why? Because unless God was saying to say it, he wasn't going to say it. Amen? Man, he's our example, isn't he? We can be encouraged. Spirit of truth, he's come to be inside. And, and I'm so grateful. You know, uh, th there was a scripture <laughs> that I was going to use, and, and I think it's more about blessing, that God wants to fill up our mouths with blessing. But it, there's a scripture that says, open your mouth and I'll fill it. I believe that hap that's what God wants us to do too. And we should desire, we should desire to be God's voice. We should desire gifts of the Spirit to be able to speak into somebody's life. But we should also take it very seriously. Amen? Not seriously in a way that we, we, we draw back from it, but seriously in a way, okay, what does that take? Well, I'm going to draw near to the heart of God. And I'm going to be full of his spirit. So I, I, I'm not just going to go from how, I'm not going to react out of my emotions or, or, or just feel that I can begin to talk whatever comes out of my mind. No, I, I'm going to have to really be speaking from a place in his presence, from a passion that I've gotten in his presence, from a motivation that's, that's moving me in this. Amen.